Today's episode of Blast Burn Radio is brought to you by Carbon Corvid, Beartooth Fan, Riley, and other listeners just like you. If you'd like to support Blast Burn Radio, you can do so over at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. You can pledge your support and start earning exclusive rewards today. Thank you. They said, look, you're a bomb. And I'm going to bring you to be a bomb. Do you understand? And she was like, I love you. You you could do no wrong to me. I love naive Pokemon. It's great. Did you get more wood? Oh, yeah. I had a strategy of just feeding my Marowak all the drugs. That's not medical advice. I, I'm not liable. <laughs> Podcasts aren't real. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. And welcome to another episode of Blastburn Radio. I'm your host, Stephen Charbonneau, and with me today are our nostalgic friends, our celebration co-hosts, Anna Maservier and Celeste Dreyer. Anna, Celeste, how's it going, guys? I'm doing really good. It's been a crazy week, which we'll talk about in the poker news, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ass week to be a fan of Pokemon and I, there's not even a segment. We will be talking about it. That is the episode. That is the show today. We are talking about this week in Pokemon. Um, Celeste, how are you, hon? I'm doing good. It's been a busy week, but all things considered, this week's been great. Um, been spending way too much time on my Switch lately, but hey, whatever. <laughs> so it, it's funny you say that. Actually, no, 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 no. I'll get to. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. This is not the time. Uh, <laughs> Today's episode is very special, and it's making it very difficult for me to talk about my life, uh, because it's not just special for us here at Blastburn Radio, but for all of you as well, presumably, if you are listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't care, that's very strange. Uh, it has been an important week and included an important day for fans of Pokemon. Uh, as of this recording, yesterday was Pokemon Day, culminating a week of celebration for the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. We saw media events, in-game celebrations across every platform in which Pokemon exists. And in the year of our Lord 2021, that's a lot of platforms, y'all. Uh, and just... <sighs> Just a massive outpouring of love and appreciation from fans all around the globe for a franchise that undeniably has and will continue to touch lives. Uh, people celebrated in ways both big and small worldwide, and we were no exception. So let's talk for a minute, guys, about our Pokemon week and, and Pokemon day. Um, and like the, the elephant in the room here, the big thing, of course, is that on Pokemon Day, we had our Blastburn Radio Community VGC tournament, uh, which was a really fun event. We, we decided to kick off a series of tournaments because we were delaying our 
draft season, specifically to unsync it up from the Puckle draft, which it has been starting and ending at the same time as literally since the beginning of time, which is very unfortunate for the large section of crossover between our fans and Puckle fans. Um, so shout out to the Puckle fam. We appreciate you guys, and we wanted to do you a solid and not make you choose between pulling your hair out, trying to do two drafts, and not getting to do one or the other. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Doing two drafts at once is wild. Steven and I were doing UPPL while we were doing uh, a BBR draft season a couple of years ago, and that was just a nightmare. It was it was so much. I I was barely prepping for either of them. Um, so yeah, good news, guys. We didn't make you do that. Um, but yeah, so instead we did a tournament series and we kicked things off with our VGC 21 Series 8 tournament, uh, which was a live event, which we normally don't do, but they're always really fun when we do. And it was a really like small, tight community event. We only wound up with six competitors, but it was so much fun. Um, we, we, everybody basically got to play each other. I didn't play you, Celeste. And I think that like me and you and Dari and Roger, I think are about the only people who did not play each other throughout the entire event. And it was just so much fun. Shout out to uh, our good friend Charlie, Roger M, and the community who won his first Blastburn Radio VGC event that he was not hacked out of in the finals. Uh, so congratulations, Roger, <laughs> on finally having RNG cut you a fucking bone, my dude. Yeah, it was it was a, a great blast. Interestingly enough, for reasons we'll be discussing later, four out of the six teams that showed up in our tournament were, were leading with, uh, with Sinnoh cover legendaries. So, ooh... <laughs> It was a Palkia. It was a Palkia fest. <laughs> it, two Palkia, two Dialga. Like, like only, only one sword dog, only one Kyogre, which is not at all representative. No. Of the meta. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I tuned into a couple matches from folks who were streaming them on Twitch and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Just the mirror matches all over the place. <laughs> To be honest, uh, the team I had originally planned to use was a rental team that was gone when I went to pull it for the tournament so that I went and grabbed the sword dog team really quickly so I could compete. Yeah, let that be a lesson to everyone. If you are using a rental team for ladder or for an event or anything, as soon as you see it, claim it. Get it on your switch. Get it locked in because once you have it, it doesn't go away if the if the owner changes it. So, you know. Yeah, that was a. Painful mistake because I had practice with the original team. <laughs> Knowledge is power. This is how we learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, th- that was a big part of my Pokemon Day and Celeste's Pokemon Day, certainly as we both competed. Um, but yeah, how about you guys? Did you do anything else this week in celebration of Pokemon? Uh, I worked on our website a whole bunch. <laughs> that's kind. That's kind of a celebration of Pokemon, right? Yeah, I got that done. You'll be able to see it soon. We're, we will unveil it, I guess. It looks really slick. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Uh, other than that, I had a really hard time getting to watch the direct earlier this week because I was working. And what what is Anna's job like on a day-to-day basis? I come in, I have 15 minutes before like a manager's huddle, and then it's like meeting roulette. I just go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting, and then maybe I get a break for lunch. Um, and so I was like, what time is this starting? And I like, look, it's like starting at 10 Eastern. I'm like, I have a one-on-one then. So like the entire time I'm like talking with my employee about how their week's been and like, what's going on. All I can think about is 
What the fuck? What the f- actual fuck is being announced right now? I can't even look at the Discord. It has to be like down and muted because all it is doing is boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> and the person on the other side is like, what's going on? And I was like, give me a second. Let me just take care of that. <laughs> Mute, close. Can't look at this now. <laughs> There was definitely some excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. I came back and read everything later, and I was like, what was it? Like 200-something plus messages. (laughs) So much unread. Um, Yesterday, I was not doing uh, a whole lot. I didn't participate in the tournament uh, yesterday because I had a lot of work to do, uh, to, to put it bluntly. So... I, I missed out on the tournament, which was a bummer, but I did get to to watch some of it, which was really great while I was plugging away as I want to do. What about you, Celeste? What were you up to on Pokemon Day and on this illustrious Pokemon week? Um, I didn't really do too much. I prepared for that uh, VGC tournament that was already talked about. Spent maybe one minute helping you with the website, which was no work whatsoever of just switching the domain over. Celeste, please press the button. Please press the button. I don't want to be the one to press the button. Well, that's basically all I did. Beyond that, not much. Um, Worked a lot. And then on, what was it, two days ago, which was Friday, I uh, picked up Bravely Default 2 and played the hell out of that. I don't know anything about that. I mean, that's kind of Pokemon if Pokemon was people. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think you're mixing up Brave of the Fault and Nino Kuni here. No, no, I was just, you know, turn, turn-based, turn-based JRPG, you know, close enough. <laughs> yeah, my brain took that to a totally different place than what you just said. <laughs> no, we're, we're not catching people in gotcha podcasts. It's oh, fine. God. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, what, oh, are, what is actually going on? Yeah, you know, you know, a Bravely Default. It's like a reverse gotcha game. You catch them and you put them in the little balls. It's fine. <laughs> Like a Bravely it's- Default, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, um, as as for myself, um, I actually, I had a really good week overall, I think, in, in Pokemon, as it were. You know, obviously we did the tournament on, on Saturday and that was really good. And Friday night I was pumped. Friday night we had just gotten the presentation announcement. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it with, with people who gave a shit. Unlike, you know, my, my wife who tries very hard to be excited for me, but is really just like, oh, there's a new video game. You, there's always a new video game. It's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I have to stream, I have to stream on Twitch, I have to get some Pokemon fans in the chat so we can, we can hash this out. But I couldn't do my Emerald Nuzlocke that I've been doing because I had already switched my, my stream setup over to my Switch for the tournament the next morning. So I was like, you know what? We'll do some Crown Tundra. I've barely touched the Crown Tundra. Let's go into the Crown Tundra. So we did about a three-hour live stream of the Dynamax Adventures, which was a total blast. It was it was so much fun. Um, I can see why, for some people, that is their entire Pokemon experience now, and that's absolutely a valid way to play because it's a blast. Um, it was really, really good. And then, like, that kind of put the bug in me. So when we were done with the tournament on Saturday, I didn't put my Switch down, and I sat down, and I really really drilled into the crown tundra i completed the calyrex storyline i got my weird noggin head deer thing 
with meat puppets that is weird. Uh, but I got him. He's mine. He's in the box. Uh, I don't know how I feel about catching and keeping a truly sentient Pokemon. Like, we'll hold an actual-ass conversation with you, Pokemon. But that's... That is a morality question for another day, I suppose. That fucker's mine. He's in the box. Uh. <laughs> if you can have coffee with a motherfucker, he shouldn't be in a ball. <laughs> you know, like a Bravely Default. <laughs> Bring it right back around. <laughs> Bringing it around to what, though? Uh. Um, I, I also got all the Reggies and, and picked up my my bouncy electric boy, uh, which is very exciting. I love Reggie Lucky so much more than I expected to. He's another one of those Pokemon that just all of the details are in the the animations. Like the way that he springy jumps and his leg turns into a little lightning bolt in midair. It's just it's so good. It's so fucking good. Really makes Zerkatree look like a piece of shit, though. Just throwing that out there. You know uh, <laughs> that when they were hashing out names, someone was trying to figure out the one for the electric Pokemon, and Reggie Lucky just came out of someone's mouth just as a bunch of garbage, and someone was like, that's it. <laughs> that's the one. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've started tracking down the Swords of Justice and the birds, and that's all really cool. But like, I'm, I'm plus 50% complete with Crown Tundra. I... I think it's really, really good. Um, I have some concerns with it and, and concerns that I think become a lot more prescient with recent developments. And we'll definitely get to those later in the show. But I liked it. I liked it a lot overall. And I'm hoping that there's more payout on the other side of the legendary scavenger hunt. We'll just have to. I will have to wait and see. I'm sure you know, because unlike me, you probably played the shit when it was new. But for <laughs> me, it's for me, it's a mystery. <laughs> so we'll find out. Not gonna lie, I haven't touched any of the expansion passes yet. I will say, I I like Crown Tundra a lot, and and Dynamax Adventures is head and shoulders the best thing introduced in the expansion pass. Like, if you're talking one feature, one bit of content, single best thing, worthwhile just for itself. That being said, overall, from a a play experience, I think that Isle of Armor was stronger so far. Like the, the environments were cooler. They were more fun to explore. I, I had more fun and spent more time on the Isle of Armor than I'm compelled to do in the Crown Tundra. But that's just me. Um, your mileage may vary. A lot more new Pokemon in Crown Tundra, which is definitely a cool thing and a good thing and an important thing. Uh, and again, Dynamax Adventures rad as fuck, but I really liked Crown Tundra. It was really good. Urshifu's a good boy. He's a good fighty bear. The really cool thing is after our last episode aired, uh, Tom from Payday Podcast uh, sent me a message. Friend of the show, Tom, uh, Pair Time Tom, as some of you may remember, messaged me and was like, yeah, when we got you DLC for the Isle of Armor back around your birthday in July, we got you like the, the Mega Pass. So you actually do have that because um, I had mentioned that I hadn't picked it up. So I have to take some time to actually go play it. You know, I, I thought that that was true, but I didn't want to open my mouth and just stick my foot in. And I was just like, well, shit, Anna knows better than I do what she bought. Like, fuck it, I guess. <laughs> it, it was a gift. And I played through uh, Isle of Armor and it was like a really good time. Uh, but around the time that Crown Tundra came out, I was like, ah, I don't really have money and, mm, uh, and just didn't get around to it. But it looks like I don't have to because my good friends over at Payday, uh, Tom and Matt from Payday, Totally got me the thing. So thank you. Good looking out, Tom. Appreciate you, buddy. 
So, yeah, that was our very special week in Pokemon. And with all the sincerity in our collective hearts, uh, we want to wish a deep and meaningful thank you to Satoshi Tajiri, Ken Sujimori, Shigeru Miyamoto, Janichi Masuda, James Turner, Shigeru Omori, Sunakazu Ishihara, and everyone else at Game Freak, Nintendo, Creatures Inc., and the Pokemon Company who have worked for 25 long years to create a franchise that has proven to be so powerful and meaningful to us here. I can say at least personally that my life would be different in like substantial, meaningful ways if it didn't have Pokemon in it. And I feel extremely fortunate to be able to share something that means so much to me with my children. Uh, so thank you everyone for Pokemon. Pokemon, very good. It's Do good. like. <laughs> we like it, actually, if you couldn't tell from like the, the hundred odd episodes of this fucking podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. So. With that out of the way, uh, it is a good thing that we spent our last episode catching up on the relatively slow news cycle of the year of 2020, because that shit is over. It's done. <laughs> no more slow news from here on out. It is 2021, the 25th anniversary year for Pokemon, and y'all, we got some news. <laughs> so without further ado, do, 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 this is the Poke News. The Poke News. So... Off the top, getting the the small potatoes out of the way, we have some giveaways to cover. Um, and the first of which is an in-person meat space giveaway, which I did not expect to be seeing as a thing again this quite this early in 2021. But it is. Um, if you are enjoying Sword and Shield on your Switch, good news for you. You can pick up a shiny Toxtricity for the low, low price of $0. Uh, this gift Pokemon is celebrating the new Shining Fates trading card game expansion and good news unlike the shining fates trading cards you can actually get the toxicity so hooray <laughs> honestly this is this is a little bit irresponsible of game freak and gamestop doing this though well so we'll we'll get there but it's not as bad as it could be this Toxtricity comes at level 50, has throat spray, overdrive, sludge wave and boom burst for its move set uh I only listed three moves. It also knows Rising Voltage. Rising Voltage is a bad move, you guys. That's why it didn't jump out at me. It was like, oh, that's trash. I can forget that. <laughs> Here in the U.S., it is being distributed by GameStop. However, it is distributed by use of the Pokemon Pass app, which is why I say it's not as bad as it could be. You don't have to approach the counter. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just have to go physically to the store and use the app at, like, the display. So... Could be a lot worse. It's being distributed by uh, EB Games in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, various other retailers in other nations, and several of those other nations are doing it by website, by code. So again, less irresponsible than it could have been for a retailer giveaway, at least in some corners of the world. I so. don't want to give it to them because they literally put out a code and give it out, but whatever. But the merchandise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, well, and it's it's a TCG giveaway, which means it's like it's probably under contract to support those retailers. So, you know, GameStop is evil. Though, so, uh, I mean, like, yes, to the degree that corporations are evil. I don't know that it's substantially more evil than most corporations. Fair. In the middle of our big Pokemon Day podcast, we're just going to go over the evils of capitalism <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> Look. If you don't know who we are by now, then I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this is very uh, true. Uh, uh, 
I, you know. Anyway, the Toxtricity. The Toxtricity <laughs> is available at GameStop if you're here in America. You just have to put the Pokemon Pass app on your celly phone and scan the doodly-doo, and boom, you got yourself a, a purpley froggy boy who can zap real good. Um, it is available through March 19th, so if you would like one, and if you're in a position to safely acquire said said emo frog, then then do so responsibly. Yeah. There's also another giveaway currently, which does not require you to leave your house and thus will not incur the grumpy face of our friend Celeste. Uh, exactly. <laughs> this one, however, does frustrate me deeply for personal reasons because it's a Pikachu. It's a Pikachu giveaway. It's, it's another, always Pikachu. It's another Pikachu. It's another goddamn Pikachu. <laughs> it doesn't have a cap, though. <laughs> it doesn't have a cap and it has a reason for existing. So it is better than most mm-hmm. Pikachu giveaways. But. This Pikachu is to celebrate the 25th anniversary celebration, specifically the P25 music celebration, which is a whole thing. And we're going to, we'll get there, guys. I promise we're going to get there. It's the next thing we're going to talk about, but I can't, I can't get derailed until I tell you about this goddamn Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) So this Pikachu is special. This Pikachu knows the move sing and it is available for direct download using the code p25 music but instead of an i in the word music it's the number one so it's p25 mus1c it is available through march 25th and i can't believe i'm saying this you really you really want this gift pikachu guys you really want it because sing raichu is a legitimate threat in vgc it's a problem raichu is already good in vgc it has uh, lightning rod it has fake out it has nuzzle like it is already a legitimate support thread it has helping hand it can do a lot of interesting and important things it can brick break to get rid of screens and now with the addition of sing to its arsenal it has an inaccurate but fast sleep move and that is not nothing so if you are even remotely interested in vgc make sure to get your Direct download Pikachu. God, those words are making me feel dirty as I say them. But this is one that you actually really want. It could, this could have still been a better event, y'all. It's a, it's a music event. It could have been the Toxtricity. It could have been a Rillaboom. It could have been a goddamn Meloetta. Instead, we get another fucking Pikachu. But at least this Pikachu has a purpose. It could have been a Chatot. It could have been a Chatot. Good little singing bird. No, we got it. Got it. It's got to be Pikachu, man. We got a brand here. Could have been a fucking I mean, Jigglypuff. A Jigglypuff. The only the only Pokemon that exists for Game Freak is Pikachu. Didn't you know that? The legacy of Chatot probably would have been better for the who they <laughs> they got for their concert. This is true. TVH. <laughs> just just a Chatot with face tattoos. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's let's talk about Post Malone. Mr. Mr. Post Malone. <laughs> so we, we, we talked on the last episode about how the Pokemon company had announced a, an anniversary partnership with Katy Perry. And that was a very confusing thing to us. That is much less confusing than them partnering with Post Malone. <laughs> but that's what they did. Um, they have partnered with Post Malone. And on Thursday, which was the 25th, a music video dropped. And it was a cover of, and I shit you not... Hootie and the Blowfish's 1995 classic hit, Only Wanna Be With You, with elements of the Ecruteak City theme mixed <coughs> into the music. This is Pokemon now? <laughs> like, uh, uh, uh. Like, why? 
Like Hootie and the Blowfish wasn't even on the Pokemon movie soundtrack. That was Blessed Union of Souls. I remember I owned that soundtrack. <laughs> I I don't understand this crossover even even a little bit. And like some of our community were like, well, just imagine he's singing it to a Pikachu. And I'm like, this song is sexual. That's not okay. You can't sing that to a Pikachu. It's worse thinking it that way. <laughs> it would have been weird if that was it. That wasn't it, y'all. That wasn't it at all. There's more. So we knew that on Saturday on Pokemon Day, there was going to be a virtual concert with Post Malone. And like the advertisement for it showed like Post Malone walking through like a venue hallway and slowly turning into like an animated character of himself. And it was like, well, that's neat. I wonder what this is going to be. What I expected was a short Post Malone concert on, like, a Pokemon stage. Like, like the Nashville stage we had from Worlds last year that had, like, lots of musical elements. I was like, something like that. That's what this is going to be, right? No. No, that wasn't what we got at all. <laughs> what we got was a 17-minute music video with, a vi- with that very uncannily animated Post Malone. It was not... Mr. Postif Malone himself. No, it was a bad cartoon of Post Malone. It looked, the entire thing looked like it was animated by the people who make the trading card game commercials where the Pokemon like <laughs> clash and stuff. And the Pokemon themselves looked fine, but, but, but Postif Malone himself looked like the worst type of cartoon. His, his mouth didn't move right for the sounds that it was making. <laughs> They made a point of animating his grill, which just made it weirder. It was, it was bad, y'all. It was bad. But he starts out on a stage surrounded by balloon Pokemon. And then, uh, like a Pikachu zaps the stage and he floats into the air and he floats through all sorts of exotic locations, including like a deep mushroom forest where Celebi is. He's in the sky with Braviary and Lugia singing about sex, just straight singing about dicking down some lady with Lugia behind him being like, yeah, bro, with his big feather fingers. And this is so fucking weird. <laughs> like by the end, he's bro fist in a Charizard inside of an active volcano while Slugma vibes in the background. This was... The strangest thing I have ever laid eyes on. Someone was clearly doing drugs when they conceptualized this. And it is absolutely worth the 17 minutes. If you have not watched it yet, go to YouTube. Spend the time. It is a worthwhile investment. If only to just continuously go, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, for 17 whole minutes. You think (laughs) it can't get weirder? And then it gets weirder. (laughs) No joke. I was at nancy's today to record one for all and i checked my phone for a minute and i saw your message about lugia in our host chat and i went what <laughs> like what the fuck is going on she saw the look on my face was like it's something wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah something yes. is very wrong yeah i s- saw that clip and just i don't even know how nintendo and game freak let that even go in like Someone is just like, man, our fan base is getting older. We need the kids. What are the kids like? The kids like post if goddamn Malone. What? what? I, it, mm, eh. the, 
There's so many double standards that I could talk about for freaking forever. Maybe I'll get into them in a bit. Well, well, no, we'll see. We'll see if there's a double standard because they have a list of future performers. And one of them is Katy Perry, whose most notable lyrics are not exactly puritanical. So well, I, if I, Katy Perry gets up on stage and sings about kissing a girl and liking it with lop honey or some shit, then maybe it's okay. Okay. I can give you that. No, no, I can give you that. But at the same time, what Nintendo has done in other games is... Uh, I'm going to go on a tangent just a little bit. Just have someone having the trans right flag on a freaking Smash stage got it banned. Like, I... I yeah, Nintendo, where are your priorities? I don't understand. Well, again, but, it, it is also important to bear in mind that Nintendo is not the primary rights holder of Pokemon. Nintendo did not put on this event. The Pokemon company did. Nintendo is a shareholder in the Pokemon company. It is not like the majority voice of the Pokemon company. So important distinction. Nintendo and the Pokemon company are both shitty entities in their unique and individual ways. And sometimes they are shitty in the same ways, but the Pokemon company is not calling shots on what does or does not go in the smash community. That's fair. And That's clearly fair. they are not, they are not controlling the quality of these music. <laughs> well, clearly, clearly the Pokemon company has just decided, you know what? We fuck now. We fuck. Like, let's just, yeah. how do we, how do we tell the world that Pokemon fucks now? Post Malone. Uh, yeah. You all have been asking where these eggs come from. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank you for correcting me, but wow. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was also announced at the end that this was only the first in a series of these events. So, I mean, they can't get weirder, I guess. I, I'm probably going to regret saying that. But right um, now, it feels yeah, like they... Looking at that lineup, it could. But, but, but I feel like the bar here is actually much higher than, it, than you might think in terms of how weird this can get. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, they announced that the already known collaborating Katy Perry, as well as Jay Balvin, a man whom I am entirely <laughs> unfamiliar with his body of work, uh, will also be getting similar star treatment here. And I use star treatment in literally the loosest possible terms. <laughs> you know, you know, the two of them were watching this to see what this was going to be an absolute horror. <laughs> I mean, Katy Perry's career can't get more dead at this point, right? She was last relevant, like, 2010. Even Tops. her agent called to be like, maybe, maybe no? Is there a way out of this? I, I'm cancel? still more than convinced she's going to show up on that stage, even as a cartoon with just Pokeball titties. Like, it's going to happen. <laughs> like, that was her gimmick for the longest time, right? It's just, what are, what are her tits going to be this time? They're going to be Pokeballs now. That's, or maybe they'll be Voltorbs. Ooh. Oh, man. I don't even. I don't even know who Jay Balvin is. To be who honest, who is Jay Balvin? <laughs> We're too old, you guys. This is why. See, the Pokemon Company was like, all our audience is old fucks like Blastburn Radio. We need the kids. The kids know who Jay Balvin is. The kids like Jay Balvin. I don't fucking know Jay Balvin. I don't know Jay Balvin from Dick. Well, th why would they choose Katy Perry then? If that if that was their motive? Because they're also old. <laughs> Why did they decide to do a Hootie and the Blowfish song? Because they're old like we are. <laughs> the the worst thing is, is that none of us can actually do a live stream of licensed music. <laughs> like, it would be great to be able to go on Twitch, the three of us, and just listen to music from Jay Ball and figure out what the fuck this is. <laughs> just call our shots on what weird shit they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we can't because we'd get freaking... <laughs> 
<laughs> digital rights right away. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I, entirely unrelated to the premise of our show, but did y'all see where Twitch had to censor the fucking Metallica concert at BlizzCon <laughs> with fucking generic video game music? <laughs> really? I did yes. not see that. That's hilarious. Yes. B- Blizzard's official Twitch channel could play it because they had the rights, but like the Twitch official channel had to dub over it because they didn't have the rights to the Metallica songs. <laughs> This is the world we're creating content in, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. So if and when we get hit with the DMCA takedown cease and desist, it was good while it lasted. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. All right. Do we have any other thoughts on this absolute still moving train wreck of a concert series? No, <laughs> no. I think I've said my piece, and I probably went off on many tangents, but whatever. That's, the, that's fine. Listen, the good news is that this is going to be the gift that keeps giving for a little bit. We'll have to talk about this again. <laughs> so, oh, I feel like this is going to be the Ash Hat Pikachu because they said many more. Many more implies greater than three. Are we going to get one of these concerts every month? We know you're stuck inside. Let us that take would... you on a bizarre sexual <laughs> Honestly, that would adventure. be pure gold. I, I would love it. Why not? Oh, okay. Shoot your shot. What what bizarre, outlandish, downright insane recording artist do you want to see Pokemon partner with for this concert series? They're going to nope. bring Dave Matthews Band in. Oh, God. They're so horny, though. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! That's clearly oh. what they're going for. It is. It clearly is. They just need to. They just need to drop the bullshit and just go horny and problematic and just bring R. Kelly on. Oh no! <laughs> Why even? I'm dead. <laughs> no, no, I forgot. They're stuck in the nine. Well, I guess R. Kelly works for the '90s too, but they're stuck in the '90s, so it's going to be Coolio. Coolio is going to have to do one of these. I mean, going through my child or yeah, I guess childhood music. I would like to see System of a Down. <laughs> you know, I was going to say there's no way in hell, but it wouldn't be any weirder than what we got, I guess. Exactly. So fuck it. Although they're not together anymore, so it would just be Surge. Just just Surge's solo albums? I'd be okay with that. A- an angry Serbian man <laughs> screaming into a microphone with a fucking hitmon top doing his thing. <laughs> fuck it. Why not? All right. All right. That's- <laughs> I will say the... The the genuinely good thing about P25 music, first of all, now that we're done dunking on the concert in Post Malone, which we could do for a lot longer if we had to. Uh, <laughs> we we could have been a whole episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number one, the cover is actually good. It It is like I like that song like unironically. I I, I am uh, I am a blowfish, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I unironically enjoy the works of Hootie and the Blowfish. And that was a good cover of theirs. I felt like the Pokemon elements that were in it were... We're, we're like a nice touch without being overwhelming. Like they didn't change the lyrics to be like, Oh, Pikachu, you love me. I, you know, fuck, they didn't do that. They just, they sang the song as it was. They changed one lyric, which was apparently Post Malone was like, no, I'm not even going to pretend I'm a Dolphins fan. Not even for this paid song. Fuck it. <laughs> it's the Cowboys. That, 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 that was the line. <laughs> that was the line. Uh, I will, I will fist bump a Charizard on the surface of the sun. Will not say I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, but the song was good. The song was, was genuinely good. Also, on a, on a much more personal level, with, with it being the, the P25 music, the celebrating 25 years, like of and with music, it would have been really easy for the Pokemon company to, 
to to bring on these big name artists and like shaft their community. And they seemingly absolutely have not done that. Um, we saw on social media that they sent a very nice gift package to friend of the show, Glitch X City, who is, I, I think, easily the, the most famous remixer remix composer in the pokemon community certainly not the only talented remixer and composer but but definitely one of the larger ones um and that was a really nice touch they they absolutely could have gotten away with not doing that no one would have been surprised they probably wouldn't have even been called on it um but the fact that they went above and beyond to do so was good and cool and and shout outs to whoever at the Pokemon company actually gives a shit about the community because I know it's not everybody, but somebody in their in their like media team clearly does and, and looked out. So kudos. Yep, that's awesome. Agreed. Glitch is great. We interviewed her back in what the end of season two. Back when we had no, it was was it the end? Of, yeah, I think it was the end of season two. Yeah, it was back when we had almost nobody listening. We were nobodies compared to her. And like, we shot our shot. We reached out to all sorts of big creators like, hey, come on for an interview and never heard back from most of them, unsurprisingly. But yeah, she was just immediately down. She was like, yeah, like, I want to talk about you guys and what your content is. Like, let's go. Let's sit down. Let's make this happen. Um, so shout out to Glitch. She's a great person. Uh, and it's nice to see her getting some recognition from Senpai. Senpai noticed her. And at the end of the day, that's what we all hope for. We know you're listening, Papa Masuda. Someday you'll notice us. To be fair, Glitch deserves her own concert, though. I uh, yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> if they're going to do to her what they did to Post Malone, I'm kind of grateful she didn't get it. Fair. <laughs> fair. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the presents. Like the the big news, obviously for us as is primarily video game Pokemon fans, um, was that on Thursday it was announced that on Friday uh, we would be getting a Pokemon presents presentation, um, which is big news. It's big news for a couple of reasons. Um, this was the largest, the longest such presentation in length ever. Um, the only presentations ever this long were like their, their quarterly business conferences, like the one where we learned about Pokemon sleep just to have it disappear into the annals of time, never to be heard from again, because somebody finally went, Hey, this is a bad fucking idea. Y'all, we shouldn't do this. Not only <laughs> did Pokemon sleep disappear, but whoever came up with it disappeared too. <laughs> <laughs> it's done, man. It's done. I still can't get over the face on that guy from Niantic who was like, we're so excited for Pokemon sleep. And his face was like, we have no fucking idea what we're going to do about Pokemon sleep. <laughs> How do we game if I sleep guys? Uh, you know, you know, but yeah, um, longest just, presentation from Pokemon we've ever seen. Uh, and this is also after a year where we got no new game series in 2020. So it's an anniversary year. We got no game last year. Super long presentation this week. It was vanishingly unlikely that we were not going to get a new series entry announced this year. Um, although it was important to note that this was a Pokemon Presents and not a Pokemon Direct. Uh, apparently, at least per Joe Merrick, who tends to know his shit, the difference is, is that directs are always hosted by Nintendo, hence why they follow the Nintendo naming theme, whereas Pokemon Presents are hosted by the Pokemon Company, which means they don't just have to talk about Nintendo products, they can talk about anything Pokemon. Um, so, you know, we were like, well, that could be the reason it's so long. Maybe we're going to get some TCG stuff or something. But at the very least, we should be getting a game here. It is 
the logical time, the logical place it is coming. So we set our alarms for, for Friday morning. Anna bit her nails in anticipation as she was suffering her way through work meetings. I actually went into work an hour and a half early because normally at 10 a.m. I am driving to work when I'm working my late week. And so I just went in an hour and a half early so I could sit in the parking lot on my cell phone and watch the presentation before I went in the building. And I'm glad I did. Let's talk about what we found out on Friday. So the first five minutes of the presentation was a video uh, titled 25 Years of Nonstop Adventure, which celebrated the history of the franchise from the very beginning up to today. And even if you are listening to our show and you like Pokemon, but you're not really interested in, in the video game series or at least the modern video game series, you don't really care about new Switch games. Fair. I like the old games a lot, too. That's That's valid. If you love Pokemon or if you have ever loved Pokemon... It's, this is extremely worth the watch. It was a very well put together video. Um, I have to say personally, like I had forgotten that some of the spinoff material and merch that they showed off in this video ever existed. And it, and, and I have a pretty encyclopedic knowledge for this shit. So it was really cool. Like, remember when Pokemon Snap was a thing and you could take your cartridge to Blockbuster and print out stickers? I didn't remember that shit. Pokemon sure did. They showed it off. It was rad as hell. <laughs> They showed off the cell phone, like, online connection of Pokemon Crystal that was a Japan exclusive. All sorts of cool shit. And, like, just step by step, they showed how the games and the peripherals and the anime and the trading card game and everything around Pokemon have evolved over 25 years. And it's just a lot. And, you know, on the flip side of that, like, I was just sitting there just like, you know, like, oh, man, look at look at how far we've come with these games. And my wife was watching and she's like, you know, yeah, OK, this is cool. And then it got to Pokemon Go and just like her face just lit up with the biggest fucking grin. Like there is if you love Pokemon, there is something in this presentation for you. It's very good. You should watch it. You should. It's good. I thought I thought Stephen was going to say something else. He was shaking yeah. his hands like he couldn't contain his excitement. And it's like, okay, okay, it's all right. You can say it. There is not a drop of Italian blood in my body. I, I talk like an Italian person. I just wave my hands all over. If you've ever heard the weird thumps and knocks when I'm talking, it's my hands hitting my desk because I talk with my hands. Sorry. No, I trust me. I understand. My family's 99% French. My hands go literally everywhere when you're in my physical presence and I'm talking to you. The next thing we got in this presentation was new Pokemon Snap gameplay, which, like, in any other week would probably be a good segment of this show. Like, it's Pokemon Snap gameplay. It's exciting. It's always cool and exciting to see, like, this world and the Pokemon existing and interacting out in there. It's fun. We saw a Hoot Hoot sing. We saw a Tyranitar eat an apple. We saw a Score Bunny kick Blue Fire instead of Red Fire. That was rad. But, like, it's Pokemon Snap gameplay. I didn't see like, them rocks. <laughs> We did not see rocks. No one threw a rock at a Pokemon. Uh, apparently, Peter sent a nasty letter and they were like, all right, guys, we're done with the rocks. Instead, we make them glow now. That's what we do. <laughs> Activate glow mode. I want my rocks back. Like At this point, we're really close to Snap being released. We are T minus two months and we know exactly what it is. Like we always have, even without this video, we knew what a Pokemon Snap is. If you are excited <laughs> for this game. Great, like you already were, and if you were not excited for this game before this presentation, it did nothing to change your hype level. It's just, it's Pokemon Snap, but 2021 with more Pokemon, which is good or bad, depending on where you're at. Now with looks like more characters. Yeah, it looks like a heavy, a more heavy emphasis on story and friends, and I don't know if I'm for that with Pokemon Snap, to be honest. 
See, if anything, I, the, the impression I was left walking away with was that the emphasis, the long-term emphasis at least, is on online connectability and sharing photos. Like, it's basically got a built-in Instagram filter now, like like where you can just <laughs> upload your photos for people to rank and shit. And I don't know if that's healthy, but it's certainly going to be addictive. And there are going to be, like, there's going to be social media accounts that live on Pokemon Snap now. Just, like, look at this cool shit that we're either reblogging or that we took in Pokemon Snap. And that's neat, I guess. That's fun. Time to make my fortune being a uh, Pokemon Snap Instagrammer. (laughs) There are going to be people who are like, I ran this course. 1400 times so i could get the apple right in the tyranitar's eye as i went by to get this grumpy face as he tried to murder me as i floated away (laughs) on my my hover pod just looks looks like that old fucking on rails jurassic park shooter where the t-rex is chasing you through the park but it's a t-tar yeah it's about the level of gameplay we're dealing with here but like again we knew what we were getting with this game coming in. If you're excited mm-hmm. for it, you're excited for it. If you're not, you're not. It Nothing has changed here. The big news was yet to come. And boy, did the big news come. The next presentation we got started with the covers of Pokemon Sword and Shield with 2019 inscribed over them. Then it rolled back to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon at 2017, 2018. I forget years. It's fine. That one, when, when Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon came out, then it rolled back to Sun and Moon. Then Oras, then X and Y, then Black and White 2, then Black and White. And then it landed on Diamond and Pearl in 2007. And at this point, it slowed down. But you still had that moment of, is it going to stop at Gen 4? Or is it going all the way back to Gen 2 and this is a Let's Go Johto commercial? Which would have been the best troll, honestly. I wouldn't have even been mad. Uh, but no, it stopped at 2007. And Are you kidding Pearl. me? What absolutely would have happened is it would have rolled back to Johto and paused there and then rolled back again. To <laughs> I wish it would have done that. That would have been amazing. Surprise, we're going back to Kanto again, bitches. And we got the announcement of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Pearl, which is a... Almost an extremely unfortunate acronym, uh, but it just just misses the mark. It, it's pretty unfortunate. <laughs> For sure. The good old BDSP. No, I won't go into it. <laughs> so, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Pearl are, of course, remakes of 2007's Pokemon Diamond and Pearl for Nintendo Switch. And watching this presentation, the first thing you are immediately captured by is the art style, which you are either going to love or hate. And for most of the community, the verdict is definitely coming down on the end of, of hate. Although, I think that says a lot more about the Pokemon community these days than it does about this art style, because I think that it's wonderful personally. Um, Instead of going for the route that like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire took and modernizing those games and, and putting them in the exact same visual style as the current generation, um, Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Pearl are going for something of a middle ground where they have brought all of the artwork into 3D, but are still keeping the visual styling of the original sprites. So you have like short chibi characters walking around the map with big heads, just like the sprites had on the DS. Um, and like the, 
the the top down isometric camera angle that was endemic of all of the 2D Pokemon games. So this feels very much like an old game brought into the modern rather than an old game remade into something modern, which is a different approach. And and I personally appreciate that difference. The second thing that immediately struck everyone is the fact that these games are produced by Ilka Inc., uh, which is a company that has worked with the Pokemon company previously, specifically on Pokemon Home. And they are being collaborated with Game Freak. Uh, specifically, Junichi Masuda, who was the game director of Diamond and Pearl, is co-directing these titles with the Oka director. So that's really interesting, and I have a lot of thoughts there, but this is, I mean, this is definitely important. This is the first time that a major Pokemon title in, in the main series, although uh, there's still a lot we don't know about how main series these games are, and we'll, we'll talk, uh, but... Like, it's the first time that's being done outside of house for Game Freak, which is big news. It's also worth noting that in the greater presentation, uh, it was repeatedly, like, like at least three times stressed that these are faithful reproductions, faithful remakes, which is something of a concern because they're faithfully remaking Diamond and Pearl, which you might recall are garbage Pokemon games. Like, I'm they... They have a lot going for them, but they are also deeply flawed. And Platinum had to come along and fix a lot of those flaws. And from the sounds of things, from the way they are talking, not clear how much influence they are going to draw from those Platinum fixes. Yeah, it's... I mean, we're we're going to talk a whole episode just about mm-hmm. this stuff. But, like, the biggest failure of Oras is that they didn't take into account the the benefits that came with the director's cut. And I'm very concerned that they have made that mistake again, despite the fact that the community screamed at them when Oras came out. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be bad if they don't take the fixes from Platinum. Um, I have a lot to say about Diamond and Pearl as a game. <laughs> um, most notably, the Pokedex. And what exists in the world for you to catch in those two games? In in fairness, like the, the Pokedex is a sore point in Diamond and Pearl. I am not going to argue that it is not. It is a problem. It is obviously a problem. I don't think that it would have been such a sore spot for useless if in our series there had not also been me playing Platinum with a better Pokedex option. Right. Like that that was what rubbed the salt in the wound for you personally. Um, well, it, which it is was not, bad to begin with. Yes. And then there was the salt. But that's not how the games released. And that's important to remember. Like Platinum was not, did not release alongside Diamond and Pearl as, as another option. It was the director's cut that came later. Um, yeah. Um, these titles are scheduled to release this year, late 2021, likely in the usual mid November range, uh, unless they're delayed due to COVID, which is certainly a real possibility this year. Mm hmm. But yeah, before we move on to the rest of the presentation, what were your guys' initial thoughts of what we saw of Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Pearl? I absolutely love the artwork. Like, I am in full agreement with you on that. I like that they're not going in the direction of bringing everything to the Sword and Shield artwork for every remake that is going to come. Or not Sword and Shield, but the most modern artwork for every remake. Giving those games their original spin is kind of cool. Yeah, agreed. As somebody who played through... um Link's Awakening, when it came out, in a very similar kind of reimagining, but didn't really change much, just updated the graphics into um, a similar style to what it would release, just with a kind of like uh, chibi touch. I, I really like the artwork. I am really excited to play through those games again on my Switch. Like, as much as both of those games had issues 
on release. They remain like Sinnoh is my favorite region and it's my favorite place to be in the Pokemon world. I'm really excited uh, about that. And it's no surprise, right? Like we were not surprised. We were joking about it (laughs) (laughs) a week before. (laughs) Yeah. These are not the diamond and pearl remakes we expected to get for a lot of reasons, but like we, we were pretty sure we were getting these games and here they are. Um, I like them a lot. I, I think that the art style is actually really charming. Again, We've already done the rebuild the world from the ground up in the modern art style with Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. And I don't want to beat this horse into the ground yet because we still have to play those games and I'm going to have 13 (laughs) plus episodes, you know, to beat it into the ground then. Uh, But it sucked. It sucked a lot. Like, I think that ironically, like with as much respect as Hoenn got back from me playing through Gen 3, I think that Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire made me retroactively hate Hoenn more because it sucks <laughs> all the charm out of that region. Like not that there aren't good things about Oras, like uh, riding on the back of Latias like he's the fucking Falcor the Luck Dragon from Neverending Story. That's rad as hell. Like that's good. That's genuinely good. The Hoenn region as depicted in Oras does not have the charm of its original release more so than any other region. Like say what you will about fire, red, leaf, green and heart, gold, soul, silver. And I have, and I will do so again. Like they don't feel like poor depictions of their individual regions <laughs> in the way that Oras does. So I am all for this, this change, this, this shaking it up, this changing the stakes here. I, I've been thinking a lot since this announcement about what it is that I want from remake games, because I like them as a concept. I want them to continue happening, but they consistently rank as my least favorites in the franchise. And like, again, I, I dislike both heart, gold, soul, silver, or at least deep facets of heart, gold, soul, silver and Oras, And they're very different takes on the remake. And with that in mind, I'm not sure what I want them to do other than change. And I see deep change here, and I'm excited to see where that is going to lead us. I have concerns as well. Um, I'll talk about some of those after the, the next announcement, but I'm concerned about why this decision was made and specifically the decision to outsource the development of this game and what it means about like crunch specifically. Like, I, I've got some pretty deep concerns there. I've also got some pretty deep concerns about what gameplay in this game is going to be like. As far as, is it going to have connect direct connectivity with other Pokemon games? Is it going to be like a transfer out to home only situation like Let's Go was? Because in a lot of ways, despite this not being a Let's Go game, it feels a lot like Let's Go in the art style and how cartoony it feels. Um, like... And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like if this is just Diamond and Pearl as their own like enclosed ecosystem, nothing from outside allowed in, but you can then transfer things out and like ideally at that point, Sword and Shield get a patch to let those Pokemon in. Like that's okay. That's fine. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee showed us that we can have fun with those games. I had a lot of problems with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. The fact that it was an enclosed 151 environment for Pokemon was not one of those problems. It can exist for the duration of that game and be fine. I just, I want to know a lot more about what these games are and why they are what they are. And that's just information that's going to come with time. I will have to say the Faithful remake has me concerned for a lot of reasons. One being the decks. I already mentioned that. But the other thing, the amount of lag and slowdown... (laughs) in Diamond and Pearl, if that comes back somehow, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> I would really hope that they would not go out of their way to be like, you know, these things ran like ass. Like, how can we make them run worse? 
I, I really, wouldn't put it past them, though. <laughs> like, oh, we don't need to optimize. They were like that before. It is faithful remake. Let's push it out. I, I'm sure it's going to be fine. It's not exactly a um, graphical powerhouse based off of the presentation. So the Switch should be able to handle it just fine. And, you know, that's something that really bugs me about the criticism of the artwork. Like, there are there are valid criticisms. This is a new style. If you don't like the style, you don't like the style. That's fine. But people mm-hmm. being like, this is a next-gen console. This is what you do with the Switch. This is what you do with the Switch. This looks like a mobile game. And, like, I feel like this comes from a lot of people who have only ever been console gamers, right? Because, like, the three of us on this call, we've we've been PC gamers at least offer on for a long time. And and one thing you learn in like the PC gaming microsphere is developers have to consider that there, there are two schools of thoughts when developing games for PC. Do we want to push graphics as far as we can to make the best looking game possible and future proof it so that in 10 years we can come back and it's going to still look really good. Or do we make it so that it'll run on a fucking toaster and we can sell a copy of this game to anyone and find a way to make it look really, really crisp without using up a lot of a a lot of uh, assets and like there's nothing wrong with that approach to video games some of the most successful video games ever have not even remotely scratched the surface of what the hardware they're on is capable of producing for reasons of accessibility or just stylistic design choice and i feel like that's something that's a lot more accepted in a pc setting than in a in a a console setting where people are just like, well, everybody has the same fucking switch, make it look as good as it can for a switch. But, and again, we've talked about this before Pokemon black and white right now looks a hell of a lot better than even Pokemon sun and moon do because simple graphics age more gracefully. Their simplicity works in their favor. The more you ramp up graphics, the more they start to look terrible when when you become accustomed to better looking graphics. Yeah, the uncanny valley is always a moving thing, particularly with hyper-realistic like people uh, models. And like, if you want a great example of how stylistic choices can make a game like immortal... Go compare Ocarina of Time to Wind Waker today. Like, Wind Waker, if you go back and play, it still feels really good in the environments because it's cel-shaded and it's highly stylized and it doesn't feel old. Or even even Twilight Princess, which is newer, looks and feels older than Wind Waker on the GameCube. Yep. Agreed. And then another example, going back to Sun and Moon and its graphics... Sun and Moon lied like hell on a 3DS because it was pushing the boundaries of that hardware. Like you needed to upgrade your 3DS or you're just going to be taking like five minutes of lag throughout battle because it just couldn't handle it. I know because trying to play freaking Moon. <laughs> we want make pretty. Also, handheld no support pretty. <laughs> and here, have all this lag with the pretty. I, again, it's our... Is what we have seen of Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Pearl pushing the boundaries of what the Switch is capable of? No, not by a country mile. That's not necessarily a bad thing. As long as that is being made due to intentional, like, artistic design choice and not because this is the best we are capable of producing. And Mm -hmm. I think that the results are going to show. um, And I think that what we've seen so far looks really, really good, all things considered. And And it looks... Again, it's like it's upscaled and it's made new again, but it looks like Diamond and Pearl in a way that Oras 
never looked like Ru- Ruby Sapphire Emerald ever because of the way that they were designed. Um, I'm really excited for them. Um, guys, do you have any big unanswered questions for these games or, or any big asks that you'd like to see from them? I mean, I'm, there's a huge list. Yeah, there is. The fucking distortion world is such an important part of like the legacy of Gen 4. Like from a story perspective, it made platinum what it is like deck stuff aside, quality of life stuff aside, like leaving that on the cutting room floor would be a travesty. Like, I don't know why you would make that decision, especially on a platform where you could make it look really good. Mm -hmm. So I am actually going to disagree with you and I can't, I'm going to disagree with you for reasons of what we haven't talked about yet. Because the other game that was announced during this presentation that we will be talking about very shortly has a heavy emphasis on Sinnoh's creation trio and specifically the, the, the Pokemon that sits in its head. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we're not going to see the distortion world there. And in that scenario and only that scenario, I feel like it would be both acceptable and appropriate to leave it on the cutting room floor, brilliant diamond, sparkling pearl to not undercut the other title. Honestly, I disagree. I would rather see it on both. Like, I I agree with you to a certain extent, and I think exploring it in the other project will be good and interesting, but products need to be able to stand on their own. And removing something that's key and critical to the legacy of, like, what you're remaking or reintroducing is a damn shame. Because there are some people, kids in particular, who may never play Platinum, they will play what's on the Switch because that's what their parents got them. And that wonderful piece of content will not be there. And that's, that sucks. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I, I'm really, really hoping. First of all, I am hoping that despite the fact that these are an outsourced remake pair to another studio, that they will still see similar degrees of new content to historical remakes. We don't know if any of the battle gimmicks are going to be present here. We don't know if we're going to see Dynamax. We don't know if we're going to see Mega Evolution. I, ironically, just kind of based on what we saw of these games, I would more readily expect to see Megas than I would Dynamax, honestly. I feel like if Dynamax was in this game, we would have seen some inkling of it in that presentation. We saw a lot of places. We saw a couple of gyms. There was no room for a Dynamax. No. No. But Megas could potentially come back, and that would be kind of neat. Maybe we'll get some new Megas. That would be fucking rad. I doubt it. If Megas show up, it's going to be the same fucking Megas we've always had. That's, that's my, I'm shooting my shot right now. We might get Megas. It's the same fucking Megas. You all Um, know why (laughs) this is so important to Steven, right? Like, they got to get this right because Yanova's next. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong, but like also, like, I want to see some new content here. I want to see a post-game story, and I want to see that post-game story surround one of the other legendary or mythical Sinnoh Pokemon who never got as much love. Like, give us a, a Dark Rye Cresselia story in the post-game. Give us a Shaman story in the post-game. Give us... There's more. I know there's more fucking mythicals. Give us a Manaphy story in the post-game. Gen 4 had so many mythicals. And, like, Manaphy, you never saw unless you bought a new copy of Pokemon Ranger. New in box. You can reset the save file in Pokemon Ranger. If the Manaphy has ever been claimed from it, you can never claim it again. 
You know what? You know what we need? We need a little side story where we learn about how Darkrai just tormented that poor child who is sleeping <laughs> in an eternal nightmare. <laughs> but but yeah, I would really like to see like a post-game story focusing on those things. I would love to see a battle frontier, especially, especially Ilka, my my boys, my friends. If you if there is no national decks in Brilliant Diamond Sparkling Pearl, which I think there's probably greater than even odds that there will not be a national decks in these games, you don't have to change the battle frontier. You'll have the same Pokemon. Just port them the fuck over, my guys. If there's Megas, <laughs> sprinkle some Megals in. Done. Donezo. Mm-hmm. Give me modern battle mechanics. Give me fairy types. Like, like, give me at least that much of a let's go experience where you sprinkle in some of the new stuff. And, and give me just enough new content to keep me satisfied, and I'll be happy with these games. Give me fashion. Uh, if I can't change the face or the hairstyle, oh, just give me clothes. Come honey, on, now. It's, it's not. No, they're not. They're not good. I know they're, they're not. They're sprites, Celeste. They're 3D sprites. How are they going to give you fashion? The the girl is 90% noggin. <laughs> <laughs> it's all and hats. It's and nothing metal. but hats. And, and their hats are like the most iconic part of them. They're not, there's not going to be fashion in this game. You're asking for the moon, child. It's not going to happen. I know, but give it to me anyway. Speaking of games that desperately need fashion, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) So we expected Diamond and Pearl remakes. We got Diamond and Pearl remakes. Presentation over, right? Presentation not over. Presentation not remotely over. There's another story to be told. Also, just as a note, it just occurred to me to mention because both of the next game's trailers were fully voiced. And if that voice sounded at all familiar to you, it is because it was the voice of frequent VGC commentator Necra Rosemary, uh, who voiced all the trailers in this presentation. So uh, shout out to Necra uh, hitting the big time, getting all the poke news before anybody else, apparently, to prepare all this voiceover dialogue. But yeah, like you love to see it. You love to see someone in the community come up like this. Uh, shout out to Necra. But the next title is... Well, it took us a minute to figure out what it was, honestly, because this is some, this is wild. This is off the wall. Uh, what we are getting is a prequel to Pokemon Diamond and Pearl set in the Sinnoh region long, long ago before widespread human settlement, like when it was a wild and untamed land. And just with that, you can guess where this is going. <laughs> it is. It, it's it's Pokemon Breath of the Wild, guys. It is it is 100% Pokemon Breath of the Wild. It is open world action RPG Pokemon. It, it's in like a, a feudal Japan style setting. This is the game that is produced by Game Freak. Um, so Game Freak is producing this game and freeing up their schedule with Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Pearl going to Ilka. And, and we got a fair amount of not final footage gameplay. Um, and it's worth noting Bear in mind, this is not final footage. It is probably very early test footage because it doesn't look great, guys. <laughs> like there are stutters and, le- and frame rate issues. The Pokemon look fine, but the environments they're in frequently look extremely shabby. If you were mad about the tree in Sword and Shield, I got bad news for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, look at the grass in this game. It is not, not kicking it. Um, but 
We do see the player character running, creeping, rolling, jumping, showing a degree of athleticism never before seen in Pokemon as they navigate the open world setting, throwing Pokeballs at wild Pokemon that they just see in the distance. Not battling first, just hucking balls, which is... It took me a while to even wrap my brain around that. I'm like... There's no battle. Like, you didn't go into a battle screen. Like, even even in Let's Go, where you just hucked balls, you went into a battle screen to huck the balls. You're just hucking Pokeballs. That's against the rules. Wait, that's illegal. That's what you do. We also saw, interestingly, that players in this game are given the choice of Rowlet, Cyndaquil, or Oshawott to start their journey. A very eclectic group of starters, courtesy of a professor who apparently has traveled the world and picked them up during his travels. Uh, and you, as the player character in this title, which is titled Pokemon Legends Arceus, are tasked with completing the Sinnoh region's first Pokedex. This game is scheduled for release in early 22. Guys, first impressions. What do you think of Pokemon Legends? Um, while you're able to chuck Pokeballs out of battle, you better be able to chuck them in battle as well, damn it. You know, from the little bit we saw, it seemed like that was the case. There is definitely the normal Pokemon battle system. Like, we only saw one quick glimpse of, like, an active being played battle, but it was a Pokemon HUD. Like, it was four mm -hmm. moves on the screen scrolling through the list. Um, and we also saw at a different place what looked like someone checking a Pokeball, front, like, in that battle animation. So... I don't know if it's a situation where like some Pokemon are easier to capture and you can just huck a ball. Some of them you need to wear down first or or if it's just literally dealer's choice. What do you want to do today kind of situation? But it does seem like there will be some elements of that based on the very, very early, very small amount of gameplay that we saw. here. So I have some feelings on this because there's a, this is actually borrowing from a design from uh, the Pokemon uh, Minecraft mod. Because you can chuck Pokeballs in that. It has a chance to catch something, but it might not. And it uses the Pokeballs percentage catch. But you can battle to do the same thing that you do in the system. So if it's something like that, that'd actually be amazing. I, I watched this and I laughed out loud. Um, because if you go back to, I don't remember what season it was when, before Sword and Shield came out, we were talking about Pokemon moving to the Switch and what we thought we were going to see. And I said, you're going to see an open world fucking Pokemon game. <laughs> Odyssey and fucking Breath of the Wild did so fucking well. Like, Nintendo's going to push it, take advantage of the Switch's, like, much more powerful console. And Steven sat there and told me, Game Freak beats his own drum. Anna doesn't, doesn't do what Papa Nintendo fucking wants. Well, guess what? Bitches, Anna was right. And they were experimenting <laughs> with it in Let's Go Pikachu. And then in Sword and Shield with the Wild Area. And then in the DLC where they refined it. And guess what? This is an experiment too. And if it goes well, this is just it. <sighs> I, I, you're right. Like, you're absolutely right. I really, I have very mixed feelings about this. I think as a, as a game, as, as a packaged, boxed, this is this one game game, I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited that after 25 years, I want to say after 25 years, Game Freak is still experimenting like this, but let's be real here. Game Freak has never experimented <laughs> like this. <laughs> After, <laughs> after 25 years, Game Freak is beginning to experiment like this. Um, I said before, and I'll say it again, does Pokemon need its Breath of the Wild? Absolutely. That doesn't mean Pokemon needs to copy Breath of the Wild and make no. its own, like, open world, do this, do that. Like, like, I don't think that that is the best model for Pokemon. And 
like while there's clearly inspiration in this, that that's a big question for me and a big worry point is how much of this is just Pokemon trying to do Breath of the Wild and how well will that work if that's the case? Because for me, I'm not sure that's going to work super well. Um, it needs to still be a Pokemon game. And like for me personally, a large part of Pokemon is not just the Pokemon. It is the ways that Pokemon and people interact. It has been since literally the very beginning. You're fighting against Pokemon trainers, other people who train Pokemon. You are helping people and fighting organized crime. And like the, the, the protagonists and the antagonists in every single Pokemon game are human. And in this game, in Legends, there is one human settlement in the region. At least that's what we've been sold. We're probably going to, there's probably going to be like homesteaders that you fucking run into and like you, you help them round up their mill tank or some shit. Like I'm sure that's, there's going to be people around, but the extent to which there are and, and, and people influence the game and the journey. Is there a hero's journey or is this just a collectathon? These are big, deep, Deep questions for me, and and I'm not against anything I've seen. I just need answers real bad. Also, the fact that the male trainer is still wearing the stupid fucking Sinnoh page boy hat with his <laughs> fucking feudal yukata <laughs> makes me so angry. So, obviously, we won't know until we get more information. It's going to be a, a bit until we do. But I think that there is going to be a hero's journey and an overarching story here. I think that they're going to use the open world to have your character, instead of fighting organized crime, because there's no people in the area, investigating how basically the gods of the Pokemon world shape Sinnoh. And I think that's really interesting. Like We've talked a lot on, on the show about how the mythology is such a really important part uh, of Pokemon, and we only ever really see glimpses of it because those those beings make such a small appearance, usually at the end of a game as you're picking up your cover legendaries and then just moving on. And it looks like, I mean, they called it Pokemon Legends Arceus, right? Like, obviously, those Pokemon are going to play a very big role in whatever story they're trying to tell. And I think that's really exciting and really, really cool. I don't think it's just going to be a collectathon. The fact that Game Freak is working on this directly and they're outsourcing something that people have been begging them for for years tells me that they have a very, and this is so off formula for them, right? Companies only do things that are really off formula and experiment to the degree that they're experimenting if they're really sure that they have something that is really good that they want to show. And the fact that they've put their muscle behind this tells me that they feel like they do. Whether or not they do will be another matter. But they're going all in on this because normally we'd be getting Gen 9 next year in November. And we're not. Like we're not getting a new set of starters. We're getting an old set of starters and we're doing something completely different than we've ever done before. You don't make that kind of calculated risk with an IP as big as Pokemon unless you're pretty sure that your money's in the right place. So, first of all, I just want to take a moment to appreciate the small details in this presentation because those are what really sold this game to me. Look at the Pokeballs. Like, go back and just look at the Pokeballs. Like, there were people talking shit being like, oh, in feudal fucking Sinnoh, they're using Pokeballs. Look at the Pokeballs that they're using. They're, they're made of wood. 
or apricorn, perhaps. Yeah, they're like probably maybe, apricorns. This is probably what the original apricorn Pokeballs looked like. And they have visible metal hinges and latches. Like, these are manual-ass Pokeballs. And they look really, really cool and really period-appropriate in a way that I did not necessarily expect. And that is fucking radical. I also, as much shit as I talked about the fucking page boy hat. And I, I, I mean every fucking word of it. I do think that it is really cool how, how they managed to make the male and female player characters at least default. Please tell me it's just default and not their only outfits, but they made their outfits really strongly evoke, uh, Dawn and Lucas's outfits from Diamond and Pearl without being Dawn and Lucas's outfits from Diamond and Pearl misplaced in time, particularly the female trainers. She's not wearing Dawn's like fucking beanie. She's wearing like a period appropriate headscarf, but it's the right color and shaped in such a way that it evokes the beanie. I love the female trainers design, to be honest. It's very good. It's all very good. And, and something that's really interesting that's been making rounds on social media is the fact that if you look closely on one of the sleeves of both the male and the female trainers, Yukata, there is what appears to be a Team Galactic logo. And this is my big shot. I'm going to say that this is not only a prequel to Diamond and Pearl, which it very clearly is. It is also a sequel to Diamond and Pearl. Because at the end of Diamond Pearl Platinum, Cyrus disappears. He's just gone. And do you know who is a prominent part of the story of Diamond Pearl Platinum? The fucking Master of Time. And, and the master of space. And so I'm going to say that at the end of Diamond Pearl Platinum, when Cyrus just disappears, he is displaced in time and space and thrust back into the Sinnoh of the ancient past. And that he's going to play a major role in the story here. That is my big shot. I also am going to make a big shot and say, I don't think he's going to be the antagonist of said story. I think if anything, he is likely to be the, um, the, oh God, what's, what's the fucking word for the thing you have to get? Um, the MacGuffin, the MacGuffin, Cyrus is going to be the <laughs> MacGuffin. I wouldn't be shocked if Cyrus is the fucking professor who gives you your starter, honestly. But regardless, I think that we are going to close the loop on the Cyrus story in this game and, and he's going to end up wherever he ends up at the end. But yeah, that is, that is my big shot is that they are going to do some timey wimey bullshit. And this is going to be simultaneously a prequel and a sequel. What would be wild about that is if the evocations of the trainers being Don and Lucas is if they're actually fucking Don and Lucas. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, uh, we got those legendaries in Pokeballs, yo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go back in time and find Cyrus before he fucks it up. Before he fucks time up. We're just going to work with Team Galactic to, to get there because, you know, they've been co-opted by the government and... Here we go. Pokemon Back to the Future. That's why you have the Page Boy hat, Steven. And, and even if even if I am wrong and this is not the official story of Pokemon Legends, keep your eyes out. Because if there is a Porygon in Pokemon Legends, it's still true. Because how else did a Porygon make it to feudal fucking Pokemon? <laughs> that is a modern-ass Pokemon. If there's a National Dex, which I don't expect in this particular game. I don't expect one. But if there is one, or even if there's not, and you could just find a Porygon somewhere. Cyrus is here. He has to be. There's no other explanation. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really wild theory, but it would be really, really cool. Um, it would be an amazing theory to, be, to come true, to be honest. I will also be really disappointed if it is actually Lucas. <laughs> 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 I, 
Hey, hey, no matter what, it's not Brendan. It's fine. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> you can't send Brendan into the past. <laughs> he, actually, actually, ironically, women aren't people there. He'd be fine. I was going to say, he might thrive in the past a little bit more. <laughs> Brendan is the kind of character who would go back to the past. And he would fuck things up so his dad was never born and then would die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he would pull the Marty McFly fuck your mom? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Although Brendan's more of a biff, to be honest. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yes, I, I think that this is going to be, you know, it was stressed in the presentation that it is a single player RPG. And I think it's going to be much more solo than we're accustomed to Pokemon games being. And that's also a point of concern for me because I'm used to Pokemon being a very social experience. I still hope that there is training and battling online among friends. To me, that is a core essential part of what it means to be Pokemon. We'll see if that comes true or not. You know what game it reminds me of? Obviously the art style is totally different, but it reminds me a lot of Okami just in the way, because I mean, it's, it's a, it's like a feudal period you know, game and just some of the vistas, uh, just really evoke that, that game for me. I could see that. One of the things that also struck me as really interesting. You only get again, one very brief shot of actual combat, like with the HUD on the screen, but on that HUD, it showed that the trainers Gallade, I think it was, was level 70. They were fighting a Garchomp. That Garchomp had no level attached to it. Which I wonder if that's significant. I wonder if all the wild Pokemon scale to you, which would be rad, actually. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Like, really, really cool. Also that really be... terrifying, because Garchomp is always terrifying. Well, for Nuzlocke, that'd be extremely dangerous, but that would still be amazing. I mean, I, I, I'm going to call my shot here and say that this is going to be one game that the traditional Nuzlocke rules just are not... It's not possible, especially if the overriding goal is just to collect them all. How do you Nuzlocke that? You're trying to collect them all. <laughs> you, you, you catch it, and then you release it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the end of your, uh, your Nuzlocke is you have to fight Arc. You have to fight literal Pokemon God. <laughs> he just steps on your face. I am genuinely happy that a lot of the mythicals that have been kind of abandoned, for lack of a better word, that never really got anything um are, are starting to get some love you know first with the um the the, the delta episode and oras with the oxus uh and then now with with legends arceus and again i i hope that brilliant diamond and sparkling pearl close that loop uh with some of the other gen 4 mythics as well but yeah to, to get to my big concern brilliant diamond and sparkling pearl are outsourced to ilka they are set for the standard before christmas this year release my concern is that Legends Arceus was originally slated for that release slot, that it got delayed because COVID, like so many games in the last year and a half, have been delayed because COVID. The Pokemon company tried to put their foot down again, like we strongly suspect they did with Sword and Shield, and say, no, this game has to come out in time for Christmas. The Pokemon company put their foot, or Game Freak put their foot down and said, there's no fucking way, we're not messing this game up, it's too important, and that the compromise was Brilliant Diamond Sparkling Pearl. And the reason that Brilliant Diamond Sparkling Pearl being a compromise concerns me is at what point did it start development? How crunched has the development cycle for that game been? And, and how much stuff is going to get left out due to time, if that is the case? Hopefully I'm wrong. Even if this conversation took place, hopefully it took place back when Sword and Shield released last year, before COVID was even a thing. And they were like, look, we are not going to have another game out before 2022 at the earliest. And then that's when they decided to outsource a game. 
because that would give them time for a reasonable release cycle. But what we know of these companies and their workings and what has been strongly speculated for a long time gives me cause to worry that Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Pearl are going to suffer. I mean, it's entirely possible. We we have no way to know until we get there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But hey, if they do, at least it will mean that uh, Diamond and Pearl aren't my most hated Pokemon games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet summer child, you still haven't played Oras. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's room for the hate to be moved to somewhere else. Yep. Yep, you still got a whole new vistas of mediocre to explore. <laughs> a whole new world. <laughs> All right, guys, do we have any more thoughts on on these games? I th- I mean, we're gonna do a deep dive for each of them. I mm-hmm. I would say let's 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 save those. We we gave our initial thoughts probably more than our initial thoughts, and we'll revisit yeah. those in a few weeks. All right, well, that's going to be it for today's show then, guys. We will be back in two weeks, actually, where we are going to take a deep dive into Pokemon Legends. What the game might look like, what we hope it does and doesn't do, and how you do a Pokemon game and a Pokemon narrative that doesn't revolve around, like, society and people and all of that. Um, so hopefully you guys will look forward to that. Um, we're going to kind of really stretch our brains on what kind of game we would want to make Legends be. Um, and, and hopefully we get something close to that because that would be really good. Don't forget that we would love to hear from you. Um, you can reach out to the show by email to blastburnradio at gmail.com. Um, and be sure to follow the show on social media at blastburnradio, uh, and join the community discord, which will have a link in the show notes of today's episode. We'll keep you up to date on what we're doing around the web. As always, you can follow me personally at BBR Jolly on Twitter. I'm at Celeste Lost. And I'm at incidentally Anna. And don't forget to check out Anna's company, Mythic Portal Games, for all of your online role-playing assets. Uh, They do good work. They have good shit. You should buy it. Uh, And yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-hosts, Anna Maservier and Celeste Dreyer. For Blastburn Radio, I am Stephen Charbonneau. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. See you next time, folks. See ya. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Stephen Charbonneau. If you enjoy Blastburn Radio, you can support us at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the trademark and property of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is Professor Sycamore's theme remix, also by Glitch X City. Design work for Blastburn Radio Season 8 provided by Rachel Mondragon at Rachichu, Nathan at Fiery Dance, and Chisai at Chisai236. Check out their other work or contact them for commissions on Twitter. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>